You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to episode 42 of the DCAU Review. I'm your host, Cal, and with me, you know him as my good brother and the DCAU Review Twitter guru, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 42 of the DCAU Review. This is a, a significant ep- episode that we're reviewing today. We're uh, episode 11 of Batman Beyond. It's our last Batman Beyond episode for a little while here. Uh, Disappearing Inc. This was the episode, a uh, trivia note, that got me as a young child, as a six or seven year old child, banned from watching Batman Beyond. <laughs> because uh, uh, Aaron's uh, appearance when he is uh, given the ink formula in the episode terrified me. That's right. We are reviewing Disappearing Ink today, if we didn't mention it. Yes. Uh, so it's the second Ink episode, and uh, she's the first reoccurring villain other than, like, Blight. Other than Blight, yeah. Other than correct. Blight, she's the first reoccurring villain, so we get a, uh, a continuation of her story in this week's episode. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking about, I think this paired with last week's episode. Yes. Uh, we got the spe- scary bugs last with, week and zombies that last week, and then this week we have... Uh, Whatever, monster. whatever the heck that dis- right. disformed. and it is pretty disturbing. It so. is, it is beyond disturbing. Uh, like even as an adult, you look at it, it's like in the voice, it's just, like, it's I'm bad. uncomfortable. It's, well, we'll get <laughs> into uncomfortable. <laughs> we'll get into that later, but uh, in visuals and certainly in voice acting, but, certainly, uh, yeah. But it is, but it's also, uh, I think, pretty memorable to a lot of fans because of one scene in particular, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, breaking down our plot, like we said, it's a continuation of Ink's story. We find out she's been frozen in a block of ice for an extended period of time at a cryogenics lab, where one of the workers there has fallen deeply in love with her. Uh, because basically because she can't help but listen to his dumb boring <laughs> stories <laughs> yeah it's a, it's i mean i in, in some ways i feel like it's a little bit like uh reverse stockholm syndrome or something yeah. like that like the guy is is works there and he doesn't have he's a loner he fits the profile of like a borderline like serial killer type where he doesn't have much of a life he goes home he works he feels mad because he doesn't get paid for the job that he thinks he should and he talks and shares all his airs all his grievances if you will yes uh with ink uh so then once she's free she finds him and decides that he's going to be her accomplice because he uh he he pledges his undying love and uh you know devotion to her correct so from there, we get her trying to figure out uh, how she can get these chemicals. We learn later on through Bruce's uh, expertise. He's still the world's greatest detective, clearly. Yep. Terry's off like... Uh, He's trying he... to weld the Batcave shot. <laughs> Bruce is doing Batman work. Right. And then it's great, uh, you know, as after Bruce is doing the investigation, Terry, like, you get that Terry is starting to come into his own when yes. it comes to the detective stuff. We talked in the last couple episodes. He's had opportunities to be... Uh, the, the Batman detective character. Uh, but still, Bruce has been doing this for probably 40 years at this point. Right. And uh, he's clearly three or four steps ahead of Terry always, uh, at least in this instance. So uh, this ultimately leads to a confrontation. Terry gets captured. Ink uh, still holds a grudge against Bruce. So she, she cons him out of the Batcave <laughs> where we get some... Bruce fighting as Batman in the Batmech suit. Liam, it's a it's a great scene. Yeah, it's pretty. It's I I hate to start with this as we're jumping into plot, but <laughs> this is like 
the best part of the episode. Oh, no doubt. Um, and as you mentioned, there's there's good stuff kind of throughout, and certainly we'll talk more about some of the other fight scenes and stuff in when we get to visuals, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is the moment. I mean, it's set up very early on in the episode. Bruce is giving Terry like a tour of the Bat Cave, and uh, and they walk past this big robot suit. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks a little like uh, uh, one of the suits from the the Kingdom Come graphic novel, we, and uh, which I'm sure is intentional. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Bruce mentions that the it put too much strain on his heart, which we know from the pilot that he obviously had a heart condition, right. Um, but I guess this this exosuit would have been the suit he wore even after the Batman Beyond suit had been made. Yeah, it was unclear if it was a if it was a it was a you know it, the prequel to the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah. But I, I think I think you're right. I think it seemed like he was setting it up to use it later on because it wouldn't make wouldn't have made too much sense for him to go from the fabric Batman suit to this big robot suit back to. Like right. sort of a semi-electronic enhanced right. fabric suit. Yeah, it feel, felt like more like this was like armor to sort of protect his brittle bones. Sort of a la Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Um, you know, uh, there was a, there's a little bit of a nod, I think, to to that as well mm-hmm. as, as we see older Bruce in in that famous graphic novel, Don, the uh, the now now famous, you know, also used of course in Batman v Superman. Yep. Uh, bat, bat armor. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you have that set up very early on in the episode, and then uh, they do a good job of Ink uh, knocks Terry out in their first fight. She has a chance to either leave him, get away with the chemicals, or to kill him right there, but she is now kind of focused on revenge, and so she chooses to, um, she chooses to take to capture Terry in order to not only, so that she can not only kill him, but she also wants to kill the old man who she fought in the Batcave in the first episode. Right. Uh, so that, I think, adds a little bit to it. Is the, villain, the villain's ultimate downfall is that she brings Bruce and Terry together. Like, Which is, yeah, that's, I hadn't um, thought of it that way. That's pretty but cool. But her, her quest for revenge, like, she very easily could have just escaped. They wouldn't have known where she was. She could have done the full chemical treatment and then gone about her, you know, gone about her merry way. But yep. her quest for revenge is ultimately what... Uh, and also her betrayal of uh, Aaron is also sort of her her downfall in the end. But yeah, so it all it all builds to you know Bruce comes. He stresses you noted like the shadow at first, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, uh, which is an awesome little nod because obviously the shadow was. You're getting new... ahead into visuals, Liam. You're right. You're Keep right, it you're in right. the plot. You're right. <laughs> Stay but in your lane. <laughs> he's got. He's wearing a big overcoat and a hat and a scarf. Yeah. And he's and but you it is noteworthy he's not wearing a cane which is a little bit he's not using his cane yeah so he's just walking around and then she tries to attack him and the suit sort of grows out of him and he rips off the uh, the coat and the bat uh, the bat mask sort of forms around his face kind of an Iron Man like yeah uh, moment there and we'll talk more about this in in visuals and I don't know if there's gonna be anything else to talk about I know but we'll go into more specifics <laughs> of it they have a fight. Is what the important part of plot here. Yes. And then, like I said, ultimately her decision to bring Bruce and Terry together, as well as her betrayal of Aaron, leads to her uh, her downfall. Terry breaks the skylight, 
rain falls down and she like escapes down a, a drain and so thank god that it was day. a glass ceiling and it happened to be pouring yes, rain a big, outside right a big giant dome uh, a, a coincidence there a giant coincidence yes. that saved the day uh, I really liked this episode. I, I think, you know, I, I don't think I liked it as much as the first Ink episode. I think the first Ink episode is probably, I mean, thus far, it's top top three oh, yeah. uh, in the Batman Beyond episodes. Um, this is this is definitely probably top five so far. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a strong episode. Ink is a great character. I love her motivation. Yeah. I love, they took, like we said uh, in the first episode, they took a... A, the, the idea of a plastic man type or clay face or whatever type of like you know n- liquid or you know yeah w- however you want to call it like a flexible uh, villain or hero and made it made it something unique enough um, where it doesn't feel like it's it's just the same thing we talked about that last week with spellbinder too and how how well this series did that in taking something yeah. keeping it familiar enough it where rhymes. you feel comfortable yeah exactly you feel comfortable with it it feels like it fits in the universe but it you know it's it's still cool yeah um so she's a great villain uh she's clearly um a match for batman as far mm-hmm. as as terry is concerned um the fight scene between her and terry in the chemical uh lab uh, as she's trying to gather these these uh, chemicals to restore her to her human form um is is great uh it's they clearly had a lot of fun being able to use a character that can you know switch and yeah. shape shift into different shapes and well, she's let's crawling go ahead and give, up the let's wall let's go ahead and give our scores for plot <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah 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 we're getting into we're getting into our in, into our into our animation of visuals yeah. um I thought, based on the plot alone, the only thing that that uh, I we mentioned felt a little off was the end scene um, is a little bit played for comedy. Yeah. Um, based on that, I, I, I it just took it down a hair because it was it was so serious throughout the entire episode. Took it down a hair. I gave uh, plot nine out of ten. What about you? I'm a little bit further off from you. I went six out of ten. Oh, the disagreement alarm. <laughs> I just, I just felt it's, it's pretty basic. Like we, int- the basic nine seconds in, and Aaron is well, like we've already established Aaron. Like two minutes in, we establish who Aaron is, and that he's a creep, and then right. he gets fired. Ten seconds after that, he's cutting the wire to free ink. Okay, and then two minutes, she has her first sort of encounter with Batman and that the police. That ice did melt awfully quickly. Yes, the ice melts very fast. She has a brief and like a hostage situation, and then she goes and finds Aaron immediately, and then we get right to the lab, and then right to the final battle from there. So it's just like it feels like, and I don't know what you could have done to do this better, honestly. But it's just, again sometimes I, I when, when it comes to my scores, I just try to go with my first instinct, mm-hmm. which is I think it's good, but it just goes from it just it moves very quickly, and it moves from guy has somehow fallen in love with Ink to guy gets fired to Ink uses that to get this guy to help her to then she betrays him and it's... It, he was kind of a... Okay, so I... I, I it just of, felt like, okay, this character was introduced just so you could have a reason for Ink to escape. I I, I see that. And I, I could see that he's not... He's almost a useless character. Like, the whole episode... Could, could the episode have been done without him? Absolutely. Yeah. He could have escaped any other way. Um, I think... I think more or less it was just to me it showed the ruthlessness of the character the fact that she used him 
for her purposes. His one ask was for her to turn him into her, essentially. And she is so cold-hearted that... She doesn't just not do it. She she half does it, she leaving him life. leaving him this literal puddle. Yeah, and it's just it's uh, to me. I thought it was a great uh, metaphor for the character and the ruthlessness and the just the you know the Black Widow type uh, characteristics that she has. Of doesn't matter who else is in my way, I'm going to use them for whatever purpose, and uh, I don't care who gets hurt. That's so fair. I appreciated that. Anyway, okay, that's all right. We're al- we are certainly allowed to disagree. Um, it's not very often that we do. In fact, no. I think that's why we mark it with our disagreement alarm um, <laughs> because that's uh, it's a r- seemingly rare occurrence. All right, now we've been talking about it all episode. I'm ready to talk about visuals. Okay, uh, you alluded to it a little bit. I alluded it to <laughs> a little bit. We both alluded to it a lot, actually. Well, it's such a visually driven plot. It is. Like, there isn't a ton of dialogue after the first few scenes. It's a lot of fight, and then brief talk, and then more fight. Mm-hmm. So, And the fights are really what I think stands out here, and the visuals of Ink's powers, the way she moves. Yep. Crawling um, up the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a scene where she's chasing Terry up the wall, and she looks, you know, she's coming after him like an insect almost. She has, you know, her four like tentacles ca- crawling, yes. chasing him up the wall at a, at a high speed. Um, you know, she's obviously doesn't spend a whole lot of time in her human form in this episode, so it's her in her ink uh, form bouncing around, and um, you know, it. We you you talked a lot about the the Batman mech suit and. The, the visuals of that the, the the homage to the shadow as Bruce comes into the uh, to to the arena is is really really awesome yeah um, yeah and even we, we mentioned the disturbing nature of when Aaron gets turned into the half ink like creature and he's all dis- his face is all disfigured and distorted and it's disgusting it's, yeah it's really you know he kind of looks like do you remember this the episode sideshow where seal boy is yeah. He looks like if Seal Boy had like I don't know been made of butter and left out in the sun or something like that's Jeez. that's what he looks like. He's crawling around <laughs> on his fours. He's just yeah. like, his face is all distorted. It's gross. Um, I visuals are another huge strong point in this episode. Um, you know I, I don't know how I I'd be shocked if you didn't agree with me on this. I'm giving visuals ten out of ten. Uh, I also gave visuals a ten out of ten. Ah, uh, there we go. You see? Back to back. Uh, you know, once you have the disagreement alarm, you also have exact same <laughs> scores in the next category. Yeah. Just, you know, it's just how it goes. But no, it's uh, for everything we've already talked about, uh, the brief fight that we do get with Bruce and Ink and Wool. There's even more to talk about with that when we get to music. But, um, you know, this she sort of ties him up with her arm and basically tries to crush him. As I mentioned, the suit then grows out around him mm-hmm. and they have kind of a really brief fight and she knocks him down and... And then uh, as Aaron and Ink get into like a little scuffle, uh, they knock over uh, the post, the metal posts of the of the boxing ring that Terry is tied to. I think it was a wrestling ring. Might have been a wrestling ring. It's tough to tell. I mean, I, let's let's say it's a wrestling ring. Um, and and then he's able to free. He's free to throw the um, the battering at the skylight and bring the rain down. Which and then she sort of uh, flushes away down the down the drain of the of the arena and, and we don't capture her this time. And obviously we know she comes back, but right. definitely it's like she, she's at large mm-hmm. as a, as of this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not clear exactly if that procedure worked totally, if she got enough of, 
of the chemicals to actually restore her completely, and I think that's actually right. a plot point later on. Right. When she does come back. Mm-hmm. So even though... So there's also, like, a built-in excuse of why she doesn't just come right back at them once she's able... Like, because she's, she's still damaged and she's still kind of falling apart. Right. And being exposed to that much water, that much rain, didn't help things either, so... Uh, yeah, visuals visuals in this are, are absolutely strong, though, and I think that, that's obviously reflected in both of us giving it a 10. Absolutely. All right, uh, so let's talk about uh, some music, shall we? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you and I... So we, again, as a reminder, we don't discuss our specific scores, but we did discuss that yes. we both struggled with what score to give this yeah. uh, category, p- particularly uh, because our favorite scene in this episode um, is accompanied by... A classic theme, Liam. You got away? He didn't get away. And neither did you. They bring back the, the classic Batman theme. It's also kind of like the choir-y version that you heard in, like, Mask of Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's just confronted in this great scene, and we'll talk about it a little bit. We have to talk about it in every category because it's the most interesting, coolest scene, maybe that we've seen in any Batman Beyond episode so far. Yeah. But the music sort of swells at first as, this, as the suit uh, grows around him, and then as, it, as the helmet closes around his face and you see... Bruce in a Batman suit for the first time, or at least, you know, this older, older Bruce in the Bat suit for the first time, and the original Batman theme plays, and there's, it's a little bit, it's not rocked up, there isn't an electric guitar, but there's, like, a little bit more drums to it, it's a little faster paced, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's sort of knocking ink back, and she splatters on the wall, and and that that theme, and then immediately she kind of takes over and, and knocks him down, and, and sort of Terry's getting very frantic, trying to get free. Mm-hmm. And the music in that scene is so great, yeah. And like it's and it's that classic theme enough because my initial thought was like I should give it a ten. <laughs> I'm not to be clear. Don't play the sound. Yes. Um, but because the rest of the episode music is, I wouldn't say complete non-factor. The first fight scene, we think it's obviously there. That sort of frantic, sort of harder rock mm-hmm. is there. But overall, there's not a lot to it. And there's like some quirky music at the end when Aaron is in his cell being yeah. talked to by the lonely woman now. Right. But it's like the one like epic great moment. Is that enough to raise it? I settled on seven out of ten. Okay, um, because it is that great for me. Like I, it's worth it all. Everything we've done on this show so far, <laughs> every you know, even you know, even if most of these Batman Beyond episodes we talked about this a little off the air have been pretty darn great. Yeah. So it's not like it's been a chore to get through these episodes, but even if some of them weren't great, it's all been worth it for yeah. that one moment. I would, I would, I would agree. Um, I gave music a very, very different six out of ten. Um, mm. and, and the reason, um, I think you're right. I think that that, that, the music in that scene is extremely memorable. Great job. 
Um, but that, to me, the music was one of the strongest points of the very first Ink episode. Yes. Um, and that sticks out, and it's hard not to compare the two uh, because it's the return. It's her return, and it just it didn't play as big of a role. I think I think you can hear there's there's some of it that's played during the the fight scene between Terry and Ink in the uh, in the in the chemical lab. Yeah. But it definitely doesn't play as pivotal a role as it did in the first episode, which left me a little sad. It's like, ah, oh, that was so memorable and such such a great theme that they used in that first episode that, you know, it feels kind of empty just playing the, the general uh, fight music, I guess. But then, yeah. you know, but the, the Bruce scene, as you mentioned, is is the piece de resistance. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's the best. Um, so uh, I gave music a very different 6 out of 10. All right, so finally, last but not least, Liam, let's head over to voice acting, where I know we we were both surprised to learn <laughs> we had a very uh, interesting guest star, someone that we will recognize. So uh, let's talk about our players today. Of course, we had the returning uh, Shannon Kenny um, uh, as Ink, and I think that we talked about it in the first episode. She does a she does a good job. Yeah, the, the voice effect that they put on her. They, I mean, she's in her ink form for the entire time. Uh, yeah, pretty you much. don't really ever hear her talk. And there's one scene where she's in her human form, but it's really right. So it's it's, it's brief. Yeah, it's brief, and it it's a creepy voice and uh, effective. Of course, it's the Bruce and Terry show. You get yes, you get Will, you get Will and Kevin. Uh, working together a lot on this episode, which I think works well. And then, uh, who's our special guest this week, Liam? So the the voice of uh, of Aaron Herbst, the uh, the lonely cryo worker who becomes a puddle man, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> one William H Macy. Yeah, you may he, have heard of this guy. Yeah, he's obviously he was in he was in Fargo. He's on the show Shameless now. Mm-hmm. He's in one of our favorite movies of all time, Mystery Men, another played, superhero. Movie. Yes, crossover where he played the shoveler. Mm-hmm. Um, very memorable there but uh he's been in a lot of things yes clearly most people will know the name even if even if you can't exactly place the face you know you definitely know the name but yeah yeah, it was it was just so random because and you mentioned to me like two or three times while we were watching it man that voice sounds familiar and then we saw the credits like oh my gosh it's william h macy william h macy so so to, to that point though and and we'll talk about my my score for it i gave i gave voice acting a six out of ten hmm. and the reason why i gave it was because i felt like his performance was a little bit phoned in like i don't okay. know i don't know what they asked of him clearly i don't know what the direction was for the character mm-hmm. but he knowing how great of an actor william h macy is sure and seeing him in different things and his portrayal of of different characters um and just the acting chops he has clearly yes uh, he's, he's a he's a well-respected actor it seemed like in this episode the character that he played this guy aaron who should have had a lot of passion and been able to sort of do that vocally with uh, this woman that he supposedly, or this creature, woman creature that he loves, yes. supposedly loves. Uh, I, I kind of left feeling like it was like, oh, well, I guess he sort of cares about her. Like the scene where he's declaring his his uh, you know his undying love for her and uh, pledging to uh, do whatever it takes to be with her. Um, you know, I didn't get the sense that it was didn't feel very authentic. No, to me. his performance is kind of monotone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of emotion. Yeah, there's just not a lot of emotion put into any of the scenes. Not, not really when he's when he's being fired at the beginning of the episode, right? And he's sort of pleading his case of like, "Oh, I've done good work for you," and 
please, and he's sort of begging not to be fired, but like everything is kind of in the same tone of voice. Yep. And again, perhaps some of that was was on the on voice direction what he was asked to do, but yeah, I, I would agree. When you hear, if you hear the idea of oh, William H Macy is playing a villain in a, in a, one of these cartoons, you would think he'd be like a really memorable role, right? And he's he's not awful or anything, but it's not it's not it's not great. It's not. It's not great at all. Um, but ter- I think Will Friedell and Kevin Conroy are both great in mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, where there's a lot of uh, Terry busting Bruce's chops. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the reverse, as you mentioned, where Terry's kind of figuring out the detective stuff, and Bruce already did all the work. Right. Bruce already did while Terry was welding. Bruce is mocking him the entire time about yes. her about him, you know, welding the Batcave shut too, and. He, you know, it's in a way teaching teaching Terry, like, hey, you know, your first in- instinct, maybe, you know, trust your first instinct, but sometimes if it doesn't, you know, you have to think through that. He goes through the whole, right. uh, it was dark that night, you drive, you know, he, he busts his chops telling him the way yes. he drives, you know, the Batmobile speed, all that stuff. Like, right, trust your instincts, but also when someone else is trying to give you advice, maybe listen a, right. little, a little bit quicker next time. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so, like, I thought, I thought their back and forth was good, and... There's a little first in the back cave, and then again at the end of the episode where they talk about uh, uh, Terry doesn't buy that the heart condition is what truly made Bruce quit being Batman. Mm. And, I mean, as far as we know, his last night was the night he pulled the gun on the guy, and whether or not that's what they were implying here. Right. Or if there was, like, another third thing, because I don't really think this is ever revisited deeply in any any uh future episodes or anything in justice league so unless it was sort of a pseudo allusion to um the return of the joker stuff i i don't know like i mean obviously bruce didn't stop being batman after the return of the joker stuff but was was that i i don't know you're right it seemed like that they were alluding to something that was never paid off there yeah and it's it's not a big deal because you can always just say he didn't tell he's just never told terry that story of, you know, being so desperate that he pulled the gun on a guy. Right. And if that's it, that's fine. But I would have liked to have seen that delved into a little bit more. And like I said, as far as I know, that's not really ever touched on directly ever again. Yeah. And, you know, Terry sort of makes like that. But within this episode, I thought their their sort of back and forth of uh, discussing that, I thought was was really well done. I agree. uh, Yeah, I went ahead and I gave voice acting 8 out of 10 here. Um, I think, like I, like we talked about, I think it could have been a ten if mm-hmm. if uh, William H Macy was <laughs> was a little bit of a better actor, but uh, <laughs> which, I which sounds weird to yes. say, but but yeah. I don't know how else to phrase it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, uh, but yeah, I think Wilfred is really good. I think Kevin Conroy's really good, and I think Shannon Kenny's good. So, and those really are our only three players. So, with the, uh, other than William H Macy, so yeah, good. Like I said, eight out of ten, but obviously not. Uh, it could have been perfect, and it wasn't as. Not not a disappointment in any way, but still, uh, still uh, maybe a little underwhelming in some ways. Sure, totally, totally with you on that. All right, um, well that brings us to our final scores, I guess, Liam. Um, so totaling up mine, um, I have what turns out to be a thirty-one out of forty, which is uh, a very respectable number. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I look at you and you are making a face. So something tells me you may have either a similar or the same The exact same, in fact, of 31 out of 40. 31. I will say, us, sometimes we'll both give something a 10 or a low score. Very rarely do our final scores match up perfectly. This is true. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be curious how about how many times that's happened exactly. So uh, far. I mean, off the top of my head, obviously it happened on Heart of Ice, right? Forty out of forty, um, and there might be one or two other, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do some research and tweet that out later this week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't happen too often. But again, it's not really a complaint. I, we were talking about this a little bit off the air, but if I think if you average out our scores for each show, uh, Batman Beyond is I think far and away has been the most consistently good to great um as far as this first season goes it's really focused you're you know you're on this journey with terry as he's learning to be batman you're introducing these villains um uh you know obviously there's uh, earlier in the season you have Derek powers who really hasn't been a player in these last few that we've reviewed at all in fact he hasn't Mm -hmm. been in them Mm -hmm. but obviously he's you know he's coming back he's lurking in the background so like sort of the more uh, overarching plot that that goes through multiple episodes. You're seeing a little bit of that. So, yeah, just overall, uh, Batman Beyond's been just a joy to, to watch so far and, and to rewatch. Absolutely, yeah. They're they're strong episodes, and they're you know they're they're clearly um, done in such a fantastic way uh, that. I mean, we've had we've had some sting. We've had one or two that we didn't care for sure, so sure. far. And I know, as we alluded to a couple weeks ago, there are more coming up in the future with Batman Beyond. <laughs> some episodes that are not universally loved. I should I, yes. I guess is putting it putting it lightly. I will say, if anyone hates on the episode uh, where Terry's friend dates a robot, though, <laughs> I'll fight you over that one. I just love the that title episode. alone. I think is going to get. I think a it's bonus just called Terry's friend. Terry's dates friend. Dates a robot. Yeah, it's definitely called that. I, and I think that that alone would get a point from yes. Me. So, uh, yeah, kind of like as we've mentioned, sort of alluded to in the past with certain episodes of uh, the original Batman or Justice League, there's episodes that I'll be... I'll actually... I'm kind of excited for those, though, Mm -hmm. because some that we've expected to be bad have actually been pretty darn good, and some that we expected to be really good were awful. Yeah. So... That's the fun thing about reviewing all these episodes now with this type of, you know, critical eye. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so, uh, Liam, that will wrap things up for us this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As we always say, the fact that you've taken time out to listen to us talk about cartoons that are now 20-some years <laughs> old. Uh, we always Batman Beyond, exactly 20. Exactly 20 years old. Happy birthday, Batman Beyond. Um, we are excited. We mentioned last week's episode. Uh, we are the, As the, the page of the calendar turns, Liam, we will, yes. turn, uh, we will move away from Batman Beyond for a time and uh, head back to just... Justice League, uh, back to the past, I guess. Yes. Uh, head back to Justice League and uh, do some of our favorite episodes from that uh, as that leads up to the release of the Justice League versus the Fatal Five movie yes. that is being released uh, actually the, the final Saturday in uh, March, which will be when yes. we, uh, we'll release our review that day. It'll be a little bit, probably a little bit later than our normal start time. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a special event. How about yes. that? Uh, but we're excited for that. Super excited for uh, the the latest addition to the DCAU uh, here coming up. So super excited about that. So next week we'll be diving back into some Justice League. Super excited to get back into that. Um, don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Liam uh, runs our Twitter page at DCAU Review. Also, don't forget, we're still doing our Twitter contest. We're c- creeping up. Closer, closer to two fifty. We say it every week. We're yes. getting there, slowly but surely. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Uh, so don't forget. Please tell your friends to like our page, uh, to 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 follow us, and then uh, we we are planning on giving. We get to two fifty. It'd be awesome if we got to two fifty by the end of March. That'd be great. Um, we would love to give away a copy of the Almost Got 'Em 
game. Uh, we'll give you all the information once we hit to 250. We've been doing it over the last like 10 episodes. So go back and yes. listen to one of those if you want all the details, and then we'll update again sh- shortly. Anything else, Sam? No, I think, uh, as always, love feedback. Love yep. to hear. Was there an episode of any of these shows that scared you as a child? <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily that banned you from watching it like me, but was there an episode, did this episode, or did the Spellbinder, or maybe one of the Scarecrow episodes... Was there an episode of any of these shows that, that scarred you as a child? <laughs> Feel free to tweet me with that, or obviously any, any thoughts on, on this particular episode or any of the beyonds that we've uh, we've uh, been talking about. And as we mentioned, we're not going to be going in exact order with these Justice League reviews in March. So if there's a specific episode from... We're not doing Unlimited now. We're just doing Justice League. Just Justice League. So but if there's a specific episode that you really want to hear us review while we're doing Justice League in March leading up to the uh, the big Fatal Five review, please let us know. Um, yeah, we'll take some we're, suggestions. Yeah, we're open to suggestions. Absolutely. All right. So that'll wrap us up. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.